107-106 is your final. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. The Jazz fall tonight to the Memphis Grizzlies and Mike Conley's homecoming, Tim. And it was uh, a tough night for the Jazz at times. They looked really good at times. And Memphis, you know, they're, they are going to be a fun young team to watch. I don't know how many wins they get total this year, but John Morant is is going to be something special. And they've got a, they've got some nice young pieces. Yeah, there's a there's a nice uh, nucleus there, and um, and Ja, like we talked about in the pregame. I mean, it's worth watching that guy every time he's on. It's uh, he's a uh, he's electric. The play he made in transition, where he kind of almost got it stripped, and then you know dribbled through traffic and dunked it. Um, but to Dave's point too, like his vision is is special. You know, he's not just fixated on scoring. He does early in that game in transition. He got everybody going. He got easy baskets, and he he's a problem when he gets a full head of steam. And you got to get him stopped. Twenty five points to go along with eight assists for the rookie tonight. The Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell at twenty nine points, nine of twenty one shooting, one of eight from three. Struggled from three, had nine boards and five assists. But how about this? Donovan Mitchell went to the line ten times tonight. He was ten for ten. You gotta like to see that. Yeah, and and I didn't, you know didn't talk about it at halftime, but the Jazz took two free throws in in the first half. Um, was a real imagine a real point of emphasis. They got to the line, um, you know time after time in the in the second half and um you know there was a couple times even late in the game you know donovan pulled up for that uh shot and he he probably could have driven that thing and but you know the ball was just kind of rattled out but uh to be able to get to the line down the stretch on the road is is a is a good way to try to win ball games jazz ended up with 32 free throws right so 30 in the 30 second half free throws in the second half That's yeah ridiculous yeah and, and but you know they played hard and, and they went to the rim and they created the the contact and and kind of made those uh the refs make play calls but um unfortunately down that last one that would have been a great call but you know it's it's kind of 50-50 if you're going to get that call and uh, they just kind of held on to their whistle. Rudy Gobert had a great night tonight, Tim. Uh, 23 points on 9 of 11 shooting. He had 17 boards to go along with five block shots, which is a season high for Rudy. But here's the thing, and Locke brought this up too, uh, Tony Bradley really struggled tonight. And, uh, you know, you can. Th- this is the difference in the game. Look at Rudy. I mean, plus 10. Tony Bradley plays 12 minutes. He's minus 11. The Jazz lose by one. I mean... Yeah, that that was totally the difference. And he just, you know, he's out of the game, and there's just not that rim protector, and and um, you know, he the play he made to to get the Jazz a chance for that last shot, the timing of his uh, block, and the way he stayed on the ground, the discipline he showed. But it's like all game long, it is so hard to score around the rim on him. He affects so many plays. Um, and so, yeah, offensively he played great. He was great on the glass. Uh, but his defense is just uh, its amazing to watch. They missed Ed Davis tonight for sure. I think Tony Bradley at times has played pretty well. Uh, defensively he struggled this whole time basically. But tonight that, that was a huge difference. All right, with that we'll say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast comes your way Monday night. The Minnesota Timberwolves will be in town. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. Jazz game night post-game show coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. has been Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Utah Jazz Basketball is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Lexus and Murray and Lexus of Linden by Zions Bank. For a noteworthy approach to banking, Zions Bank is for you and by your Utah Toyota dealers. For all the latest jazz interviews, insights, and breaking news, go to 1280thezone.com and utahjazz.com. Ow! This is Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz Basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. The Jazz fall tonight to the Grizzlies 107 106 in Memphis. Uh, let's get to your uh, sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz shot 40.2% from the field, 35 for 87. Tough uh, from three tonight, nine of 34, just 25.5%. Uh, they were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 29 points on 9 of 21 shooting. Rudy had 23 to go along with 17 boards and 5 blocks. Bogdanovich with 20 points and a rebound. But the bench was an issue for the Jazz tonight. Tim didn't get a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of production. In fact, only 14 points out of four guys coming off the bench. Yeah, and the the uh, the point that David made and Jeff Green, the minutes he's on in 21 minutes, they're minus 10. Uh, Tony Bradley's 12 minutes, they're minus 11, and Moutier minus eight. Um, so I, I think David made a great point too. Uh, you know, there has to be. Those guys coming off the bench have to have to score for the Jazz, but they also have to play play together. Um, and Moutier does get caught a ton as a point guard to drive in the ball with kind of a one track mind. And, and you're right now the options are a turnover, which he had three tonight, a missed shot, or a score. Um, but it's never really a, it's never a play for somebody else. Yeah, I, I thought what David was saying, breaking down Joe Ingles and, and trying to get him going was fascinating because, the, I mean, there's a reason they moved Joe to the bench. They need playmaking. They need firepower. And uh, they need somebody to facilitate. And the reason they do is because nobody else can pass in that lineup. And so Joe not getting those open shots he's used to because he's the one who's having to create, it seems, for everyone else. Because Moutier has had some some nice moments, but he's – um, he's not quite a real well-rounded player just yet. You know, he's a scorer, he's a driver, and uh, Joe is is not benefiting from his teammates setting him up. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard, and and I think Adrian probably made the the comment of the night tonight as we we're watching the game. They they sorely miss uh, another presence inside. You know, Ed Davis provided the, kind of a tough body and rebounding and a presence. And when Rudy's out of the game uh, right now and Tony's thrown into a tough spot, you know, being a young guy, but uh, they they have to be able to have a little bit more presence defensively uh, when Rudy's out of the game. Uh, and it's really just got to be right now because of Ed's injury. It's just got to be, be something that, that – They've got to, you know, push uh, for more results from Tony while he's in there. All right, let's throw things back to Memphis, where Coach Quinn Snyder is at the podium. A good enough job um, keeping him out of the paint. And uh, when that happens, you know, they had 50-some points in the paint, I think. I thought the first half we weren't urgent enough to get back. Obviously didn't shoot well. Um, but when that's the case, you know, we need to get stops, not just at the end, but you know, prior to that. Speaking of offense, what do you think of the quality of the looks and the shots that you did have tonight? Well, it, it felt like we had some good ones. Um, we'll have to go back and, and look. Um, you know, But it looked like we had some good looks that we just missed. And, but that's going to happen. You know, you, you're not going to shoot it well every night. And like I said, I, I think defensively we could have been better. Are there any moral victories in realizing that you're in every, and literally you've been in every game, and even when you win, I mean, even when you lose, it's only about like a point in this case. So you, you have it in you to win every game. What do you do to kind of overcome this, whatever makes you fall a little short? Yeah, well, you know, I mentioned, I think it's not the same thing every night. Um, you know, I, I think the thing for us is, I wouldn't say moral victory as much as, you know, the challenge is to figure out the things you can do to correct and the things that are in your control. And, you know, there are some things tonight that we can had control over that we didn't do. Did you see that final play, and did the refs give you an explanation of what they saw? Well, the, the, the shot clock situation, um, we were told the ball was bobbled, so there was less time. Um, you know, there was a three-point shot that was taken off the board that wasn't reviewed in the moment. That um, I think it was a little deflating because um, it was, you know, a good open look. It was one of the ones we hit tonight. Um, you know, I haven't seen. I've seen the last play. It's hard to tell. Um, obviously, it's you know, it's no call, so you can't challenge it. And it's just one of those things. I mean, we, you know, you, you can point to a last play or a singular play, whatever it may be. 
but there were enough plays for us in the game that, um, you know, that were in our control that I think we can be better that you know, weren't able to overcome that. The other night, uh, the bench really kind of, the second unit kind of came through and, and giving you big production. Struggle seemed to struggle a little bit more tonight. Is there something you can point to there? Uh, I mean, it's everybody's not going to play good every night, and you know, I, there, there were other stretches with you know our whole our whole. We gave up 30 points in the fourth quarter. We haven't been doing that. Um, you know, and it wasn't any one guy or any bench or starters or anything. We we just need to be better to win. Oh, I think he handled it great. You know, it's he didn't have a great shooting night. Neither did Donovan. You know, our backcourt um, we had great looks. I, I thought you know Mike kept attacking. You know, and even though he you know he missed some early, I, I, you know I thought it was great that you know there was a stretch there where. Um, we really played well, and he was attacking the rim and finding Rudy. So um, he's a he's a great player, and obviously, you know, the people here in Memphis recognize that. So it was nice to see him get that recognition. I think you know it makes you feel good for him. You know, obviously, I know you know I know he wanted to win. We all wanted to win, and we want to win for him in those situations. But you know, I don't I don't. You know, I don't think that overshadowed for him the, the game. I think he was focused on the game. Thank you, Coach. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. That's something we haven't touched on uh, tonight yet, Tim, considering it was the big story going into the game. Mike Conley's return to Memphis in 35 minutes, 15 points, 5 of 19 shooting 2 of 8 from 3. He also had 4 boards and 3 assists. But there were long stretches of this game, Tim, where he did not play well. Yeah, you know, it wasn't, in my mind, not that he didn't play. He didn't make shots, yeah. you know. He, he actually had a good presence out there, and I thought he found guys. But uh, the, the, the story tonight really was the inability for some of those shots to go in. And he had, unfortunately, early, he had really good looks. Um, and it's one of those things, if you, in that moment, if you make a couple of those and the people rally around you, it's an emotional game. And, um, I, you know, I, I thought, more than anything, his shot just he just didn't make shots tonight. You know, with Mike, it, it, I think we're all waiting for this game or this moment or this spot in the game where all of a sudden he is comfortable and everything's fixed and fine going forward. And, and the truth is, is it, it, it's going to be a little bit more of a process than that. It might take a little bit longer than we had anticipated or um, uh, or hoped for, I guess I should uh, I should say. But, you know, he's, he's still fitting into a new team. He's still fitting into a new offense. And it looks like it's not going to be consistent Mike Conley, at least for the time being. Yeah, it's... Uh it's an 82-game season. I still go back to data points and body of work. Um, you know, he, one thing he's done pretty well uh, when you look at the years he's been in the league, the 12 years in with the Grizzlies looking at his stats today, he does end up, you know, in a really good place across the board numbers-wise. Um, it's just he's just gotten off to a slow start. Uh, he's had some good nights. He's had some tough nights. I don't see him – you know, turning the ball over and being indecisive as much as he was early on. Now it's just a matter of him being able to be comfortable and make shots. All right, let's take a look at your uh, points in the paint tonight. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Tonight's uh, points in the paint. The Grizzlies outscored the Jazz 56-48, to mm. which uh, I think probably has a lot to do with uh, John Morant going in there to work. But uh, they also uh, they also got some uh, nice stuff from uh, Jaron Jackson, who I uh, who I really like. I think has a lot of uh, a lot of potential and. Uh, they also got some help from Dylan Brooks, who had 20 points tonight of seven to fi- uh, seven to 15 from the floor. So him getting into the lane didn't help either. Yeah, they're uh, the young guy too, Brandon Clark, who uh, during halftime we were talking, you know, had the opportunity to coach against Brandon for a couple years, and uh, as good as Gonzaga has been and the guy, the bigs they've had, he is a he's a real problem. His length, his feel. His aggressiveness and and presence. He had ten points tonight. Um, you know, rebounded the ball well. They've got a they've got a good young nucleus of guys uh, that uh, you know probably how it ends up this year. But in terms of starting over and building, they've got guys that can score. They've got big guys that are big and strong and aggressive. Um, they are a fun team to watch. Man, they got Brandon Clark with the twenty first pick. That was basically the that was part of the trade. Yep. Uh, with uh, he was 
picked by Oklahoma City and then uh, yep. dra- and then traded to Memphis. But right. That's that would appear to be a lot of value with the twenty first pick. No doubt. Yeah, he's yeah he's the most efficient rookie playing right now in terms of uh, just his efficiency numbers. He's number one and Morant's number two. So wow. those are two good building blocks. And and uh, here you say that about all. The, I mean, we're, I was going through all the bigs in my mind uh, that Gonzaga's had, and they've had a bunch of good no, ones, including you know Zach Collins, who I think is a really good player in Portland, and Demontis Sabonis, who's turned into a really nice player in Indiana. So that's that's high company. Yeah. Now he's he's as good as we played against for sure. All right, uh, coming up right around the corner, we'll uh, have more post-game sound for you uh, from the locker room and uh, from Memphis. Uh, your score, the Jazz fall by one tonight, 107-106 to the Memphis Grizzlies. Post-game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More next, Jazz Game Night post-game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations, uh, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz win tonight over the Grizzlies, one o or excuse me, fall tonight to the Grizzlies, one o seven one o six. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, uh, with you and Tim. Uh, we'll talk obviously a lot about the Jazz, but I, I came away fairly impressed with the the Grizzlies tonight. I don't. I don't know how good exactly they're going to be. I certainly don't think they're going to be a, a playoff team, but I, I like some of these young pieces, certainly uh, like John Morant. Yeah, he's a, he's a problem. Um, I'll tell you where they're really, really good is in the open floor in transition. They uh, they have a real pace to them, and with him kind of being the head of the snake, he's, he is a, he's an issue because he can get – pretty much everywhere he wants to get on the floor and and he is he's still a young guy his body still hasn't fully developed but as he as he continues to grow get get experience uh, get a little stronger i mean it's scary to think what this kid could be let's take a look at your assist feature proudly sponsored by larry h miller dealerships throughout the utah jazz season larry h miller dealerships is donating fifty dollars for each assist to larry h miller charities we are driven by you tonight the jazz with just 17 assists on 30 five made field goals uh, they were led by Donovan Mitchell who had five Mike Conley and Royce O'Neal each had uh, three apiece but you know Tim throughout this season we haven't seen big assist numbers from this Jazz team but um, you know you got to be making shots to get assists too yeah you do and that to me tonight I thought David made the point that the uh, the offense did look good it, it clicked I thought their pace was good they got out in the open floor and made, and made some uh, some plays uh, but yeah, you have in order in order to get the assist, you have to make the basket. Uh, and the Jazz had open shots; they they moved the ball well. Uh, but nine for thirty four from the field or from the three is just it's just not going to cut it. And then you know they are they're more efficient than they typically than they showed tonight, uh, only shooting forty percent from the field. All right, let's go back to Memphis, where Mike Conley is addressing the media. First off, but. Uh... It was a hard, it was a hard game to play, honestly. Um, but you know, it's it was special. Um, a lot of emotions, just like I said, it's like your part of you is just soaking it all in, and the other parts trying to focus and stay locked in in the game. So, um, you know, I'm glad I got it over with. You know, it was an amazing experience, but uh, would have been better if we won. Just one possession, any way or the other, uh, at a one-point game can make a difference. Do you feel like there was anything you could point to that you thought you might have done better uh, offensively or defensively? Um, defensively, I thought that we just had some communi- communication lapses there late in the game on a few uh, switches that gave them some open looks, and um, we had to stop fouling. We were kind of you know being aggressive, and um, a couple of times we gave up a couple offensive rebounds there at the end too that led to extra extra possessions for them and opportunities to score. Um, but you know we gave ourselves plenty of chances to win. I thought that we we played a. Uh, a solid game on, on most parts, but you know, and then we didn't we didn't make a lot of shots. You know, we don't make shots. You know, we were going to have close games like this, and um, and, and the outcome can go either way. Because in the first half, you were, you, had, you struggled to even reach to forty percent, which you got to at the end. Mm-hmm. It seemed as though you got some decent looks. Is that fair to say? Yeah, we got a lot of great looks. You know, I mean, we we'll take those any night. You know, Bogdanovich, myself, Don. You know, we had 
looks that we we can make. So, um, but we we never want to hang a loss on if we make or miss shots. You know, we were a defensive team first, so um, we felt like we, we could have made a couple more stops. We could have won. How difficult was it, kind of uh, being able to channel your emotion out there? Uh, it was tough. You know, it's it's tough because you couldn't. I mean, I couldn't even look in the crowd without seeing somebody waving or somebody I knew or. Um, and every one of those people trigger trigger a memory, you know, just being in the building. So um, it was just uh, like almost kind of dreamy kind of feeling being out there. So it was just a little surreal. Was there a point when you were able to kind of make that uh, switch? Because I know early on, when they called, uh, they did a film thing during the timeout. Yeah. They had to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, coach was drawing a play, and I was like yeah. just looking up, and I was trying to pay attention. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if he's going to get mad at me or not, but... I had to watch it, and um, and it was tough. You know, teammates were waiting for me to cry, and you know, just like it was just a weird situation. So, um, but I think you know, as the second half went on, it got a little bit easier, and it, obviously, as it became a tighter, tighter game, just started locking in and playing again and and uh, competing. Mike, just some of the same you you're saying now, like your defensive team first. We had to get some. It's the same thing you used to say. Yeah. In the other locker room, right? I mean. Yeah, it's, it's like that. I went to I went to a different city, but we have similar similar team and that and that makeup. You know, we have a lot of guys who really care about the defensive end and a coach that really cares about it. And um, we know that that's going that's going to put us over the edge at the end of the day if we're going to you know be a good team. After that video played and you came out of the timeout, you went you were going over to guard Ja and you said something. I'm curious, what did you say to him? <laughs> Uh, well, he said, he said, congrats. Um, I told him, man, thank you. And to hold it down, man, you know, you're going to be here a long time. Um, and uh, we just kept playing. What did you think of just that going against him for the first time? I uh, mean, um, he's, he's quick. You know, he's quick. He's athletic. He's uh, very poised. I mean, he makes big plays. And we got to see it all tonight. I thought he did, he did a great job. And, um, you know, we competed. We, we put through guys at him, and he made plays. And, and he's special. He's 20 years old. He looks like he's been in this league a little while already. Yeah, yeah. He's got the poise of a, a, a seasoned vet, you know, and that that's not normal. Um, so he's he can you know he could really be something really good in this league. He continues to you know just work and do, do you know, take the game serious like he has been, and, and, and um, you know it'll be fun to see where he goes. Despite tonight's outcome, how encouraged are you about what you see from your team this early? Um, very encouraged. You know, I think we we're a team that's honestly we're still finding ourselves and to be where we're at. We've had a, we've had a pretty tough schedule. We've traveled a lot. We've done a lot of things, and we've stuck together through a lot of tight games like this. And we've won a few, lost a few, but we're learning a lot from it. And um, you know, once we do get everything in order and we, everybody's you know hitting hitting on all cylinders, hitting on all cylinders, and guys are making shots, and um, you know, it could be. We could be something scary when it comes down to it. How much more are you looking forward to the rematch in a couple of weeks as opposed to the house? Man, I'm shutting my phone off. I'm going straight <laughs> to the hotel. I'm be ready. I can't wait. Uh, this trip was, it was hard. I, I had no routine this trip. It was just, you know, see everybody and, and soak it all in. But you know, I'm looking forward to it. Part of you is kind of glad it's over. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was an experience that I'll never forget, though. You know, one that I love. I'll uh, we always remember my family. We always remember they were here in the crowd tonight. So a special moment for us all. And um, you know, you're lucky to get that kind of situation. You know, I'm, I'm just lucky and blessed to have it. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Mike. All right, that was Mike Conley from Memphis, and I want to get Tim's thoughts on on what we just heard here momentarily. But BYU, thanks to a last-second bucket from T.J. Haas, beats Houston in Houston, seventy-two to seventy-one. Your guys, Tim, your uh, your former squad goes on the road and gets a win. That's a heck of a win. I mean, they're eleven and a half point underdogs. Um, I, I told you that Kelvin Sampson. You know, we played them last year, and their physicality and and attention to defense like that that was a slobber knocker of a game and BYU hung in there and Haas uh Haas hit a big shot that's what seniors do man how about coach Rose sitting front row out there congratulating his former guys it's so great it is so great and uh I tell you when he got to half court and I saw him have a little bit of a be able to get to his right hand uh I like uh-oh Houston's in trouble <laughs> and he knocked it down it it 
it took a big bounce off the front rim, but it it, it ended up going down. So how about that? A one point we saw a one point Jazz loss. Well, you've got a one point BYU win, and Utah beat Minnesota seventy three to sixty nine at the Huntsman Center. Uh, so there's a, a little college basketball update for you. But that that was very exciting. Big big uh, big shot by TJ Haas. Big win for the BYU Cougars. Yeah, congrats for the Cougars. That was big time. Yep. All right. What do you think about what Mike Conley had to say right there? He's he's kind of happy this game's in the rearview mirror because it sound it it sounded to me, Tim, like he was, and this is such a negative thing, but he was a little distracted. A little distracted for this one. Right down to the video they played for him where he couldn't pay attention to a timeout. To every time he looked in the crowd, he sees somebody he knows, he's waving. I mean, I, I can understand maybe why he's glad this one's in the rearview mirror. Yeah, and you know the thing we all forget, we, we think these, you know, the players, it's it's just you roll them out there like a video game. But they're human humans with emotions, and there was a ton of emotion in that game. And, uh, you know, uh, Conley... He, he didn't shoot the best. Uh, he competed great, um, but just had a tough night from the field. And and listen to his interviews post game. How can you? You can't help but like that guy. He's got such a good Conley that he's got a good head on his shoulders. You heard him talk about his interactions with John Morant and encouraging him and telling him to kind of you know keep it going as a point guard uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, it's pretty cool. He's he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he is. It's when he, you know, the respect he has around the league. You can see why. Um, you know, it's hard in a bitter moment like that. And he wanted to win that game probably as bad or uh, as anybody. But uh, you know, to be able to have the the presence of mind to say, hey, that's special. Um, that is, you know, that that John Morant's special. Uh, it just speaks volumes about the character that he has. And I'm telling you, um, we're watching some struggles with him, but I promise you by the end of the year, everything will have worked its way out. It, the numbers just speak to that. Well, he he felt a little bit like Donovan Mitchell felt as a rookie watching him tonight, where you just see these these burst of the burst of athleticism and these crazy athletic plays where you kind of say wow that that that's really amazing now he's you know he's got some stuff to learn on defense and and probably needs to work on his efficiency just like Donovan still does but you know it's it's fun to see these young players it's fun to see these rookies and you can see the 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 potential that's there and he's man he's got franchise cornerstone written all over him yeah, he does, and they're they're young young guys. We've talked about it, but they're young guys. Um, you know, from from making trades and moving guys around, uh, they move some serious cornerstones um, uh, for the franchise. And the the future looks very bright for this Memphis team. All right, let's take a look at your master of the glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. I'm proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. No surprise, Rudy Gobert is your Master of the Glass tonight. 17 rebounds, seven of which were offensive. And I know the Jazz lose by one, and so you know things aren't going to be all rosy positive, but it's kind of distracting from the fact that Rudy Gobert had an incredible game tonight. And that last block shot on John Morant to keep the game uh, open for the Jazz to get that uh, that final shot, man, that was something. Yeah, the timing he, he showed because the, the shot clock was running down, and if he over- Overcommits right there to Jaw, which most guys are going to do. The night he had, particularly, mm-hmm. he stays back because if he overcommits, it's dump off to to Jonas in, in a dunk, you know. And but he stays back and he times it perfect and makes uh, Jaw have to score over him and just blocks it, you know, times it perfectly and blocks it. You know, it, it's that sort of thing, Tim. Why last year? Um, and I know Rudy ended up running away with a Defensive Player of the Year award, but when it was kind of being debated, where people weren't giving Rudy necessarily the credit because his block shot numbers were not what they were the year before. Uh, I, I kept saying, that's ridiculous. Rudy is a much better defender. He was a much better defender last year than he was the year before because of those sorts of things. He was so much better on the pick and roll. He was so much more patient. He was so he was such a, a better total defender than anybody who looked at his numbers and said, well, his blocks are down. Really wasn't watching Rudy on a nightly basis. No, he, he's... Uh he is such a presence, and his his discipline defensively, that's the thing. You know, you talk to big guys all the time. Your advantage at being a big guy is just use your length and make people, you know, commit to making tough plays, and he does that 
every single time. I mean, you never see Rudy get out of position on a defensive play. Um, and the number of shots, i got to start just charting every night, the number of shots he, he affects around the rim, it's, it's extraordinary. Oh, the, the number of uh, – how about the number of guards that get into the lane and just say, well, oh, wait, no thanks, and go back out or, or kick it back out. Uh, the, the Bucks game the other night, this might have been my, my favorite play uh, of the Jazz so far this year, but uh, Chris Middleton got the ball with a chance to, uh, to win it. And I don't know if uh, if you know the play I'm thinking about, but he uh, he had to, he caught the ball on the inbound and he turned around to take a jumper and Rudy was right there and he didn't even attempt the shot. He traveled. Yeah. He he turned around. And he goes, "Oh my gosh, it's Rudy!" Yep. And traveled. It's one of the it's one of the wildest things, and that's not going to go down as a block. But that is an amazing, amazing play. Chris Middleton of all people, who is extremely tall, by the way, and would have taken that shot over pretty much anybody else in the league didn't even attempt it and traveled because Rudy covered so much ground yeah. and was right there it was an amazing amazing play and again stays on the floor makes somebody else make the, the mistake you know and that's there's a ton of discipline he was certainly taught well and but he he listened um you know through the years and he, he's extraordinary defensively is him being coachable Rudy maybe one of his best assets I would think so um you know Having coached big guys, um, you know, you, obviously you you learn the game, you learn the tricks, and, and you try to teach that. But it's a guy's ability to process it and then execute it. And he, again, for him to ever rarely, you can't think of him being out of position defensively. That's a real discipline thing that he's worked on and honed over the years. Because it's kind of funny when you when you look at Rudy's personality. Listen, Ru- Rudy has an ego. You you be around Rudy for about five seconds, and you'll realize, okay, this guy loves himself some Rudy. I mean, <laughs> he he, he oui, does. Oui. He he loves him himself some Rudy. But to to have that attitude and that ego, which which is part of what makes him him, of course. I, I'm, I'm not saying this critically at all, but to have that part of your personality, but then at the same time be extraordinarily coachable is pretty amazing because you, you really think so highly of yourself and your abilities. I mean, uh, the other night he called himself uh, one of the best players, basketball players on the planet and, and or, or wanted to be the best of all time, something along those lines. I mean, just, you know, the highest of high bars, right? But then at the same time to be like, okay, I don't know everything. I can get better. Here's what I got to do is be disciplined, listen, and improve. I think is pretty remarkable. Yeah, I've got a great uh, relationship. I, I was on the staff at Utah with Alex Jensen and talked to Alex all the time. And that is one of the things Alex told me from the time that Rudy came in is, you know, you've got to have that um, ability and confidence to want to be the best and dominate. But you also have to be humble and be able to take criticism in a positive way uh, and you know, incrementally, offensively, defensively, Rudy's just gotten better and better. Um, he made some plays in the post tonight uh, that, you know, over the years you really haven't seen him do, where he catches it, you know, seals first, catches it, spins, dunks. I mean, he's getting better um, as we speak, and that has to be a part of it that he's he listens, he watches, he observes, and, uh, and then he implements the, what he hears. You know, speaking of Alex Jensen, and not to get uh, too sidetra- uh, sidetracked, we've seen him on kind of the short list for some NBA jobs recently. You know, hasn't been, uh, to my knowledge, you know, a finalist yet, but we've seen his name, you know, pop up in connection with a couple of gigs. And that should absolutely not surprise us. If you were a, if you were a young developing team, wouldn't you look at the work that he's done with Rudy Gobert and go, wow, Rudy came into the league totally raw completely raw he got Rudy's ear and and has improved him into not only the defensive player of the year but what should absolutely be a hands-down all-star appearance this year I mean if I'm a franchise with a young team that just needs to be developed I'm looking closely at him based on I mean almost surely that track record yeah and it's it's interesting how one guy and the ability to to transform someone um, makes a huge impact. In the NBA is such a development league, um, and the other thing that that Alex has that you know you see across the NBA are these young guys who coached a G League team, and he was coach of the year in the G League. You know, so he's he's paid his dues. He was yeah. a, a college coach, um, you know, assistant, and uh, then he got into the the G League, and then certainly here with the Jazz. But yeah, he's. He's not only a great coach, but he might be one. We called him, in fact, his nickname at Utah was St. Alex because he's seriously, he's one of the best guys you'll ever meet.
All right, uh, we uh, it's the Jazz Game Night pro, uh, post game show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz fall by one to the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis, 107-106. We'll let you hear from Donovan Mitchell right around the corner here on the Jazz Radio Network. Seven and one hundred six is your final. The Jazz fall to the Memphis Grizzlies. It's your Jazz game night post game show. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, with you. Let's uh, throw things back to Memphis, where Donovan Mitchell is talking to the media. You know they obviously defended it well. You know, but you hit my whole arm. It's the third time this has happened in 12 games in the end of the game, and I haven't got a foul call, which is at this point ridiculous. Um, I really got much else to say besides that. You know, like my teammates trust me in these positions, and you know, it happened against Sac, it happened against Milwaukee. Thank God, Bo, hit the shot against Milwaukee, and then this. Like, it comes a point in time where they're gonna release a thing that says, "Oh, I got fouled," and it's like it's too late. You know, like it's, it's the third time in 12 games, and it's it's annoying. Do you feel like the refs kind of? Swallow their whistles and on plays like that. I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what they were looking at. I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, it was a foul. I put the ball out there and he hit my whole wrist, and there's no no call. At least call it, you challenge it, and get it and get it right. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's annoying. The referees? Did you get a chance to ask the referee no, about that? I didn't. I didn't want to say anything. Just, just went to the locker room. So what, I mean, you guys are in every game, so you're giving yourselves a chance. Do you feel like uh, there's any thing that you take like morally out of this uh, this game? Um, the fact that our, you know, we weren't making shots in our defense to there. It was a one point game, you know. Um, at the end of the day, a lot of our losses have been close because of our defense, and that's that's really where we can kind of build from. Obviously, shots are going to fall. We've kind of have nights like this, but you know, um, we just got to get some a few stops, a few offensive rebounds that they got. But it's little, excuse me, little things. Take Moran, uh, he's, he's a baller. He's, he's, man, he's good. You know, I, 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 um, I didn't have really many downs after I saw him play in the tournament, but he's, he's, um, he's the real deal. And you know, once he gets stronger and slows his pace down a little bit, he's going to be hard to guard. You know, he's hard to guard now, but you know, he starts developing jump shots, starts developing just experience and just becoming stronger. You know, I think that's going to be, he, he's going to be uh, stable for this franchise. He's, they got a good one in him. Him and Jaron are going to do big things. What are you guys going to take into Minnesota for the next game? Um, just keeping up with the defense, being able to uh, move the ball. We move the ball very well, especially late game. We did a lot of good things. You know, Bojan getting the three, myself getting to the rim, Rudy Law, Mike getting shots. Like, we did we did good things offensively. It just, we got to just fix little things, you know, and I think that's that's a good thing about, you know, about it. But, um, if we uh, if we do that, we'll be in good shape. What did you think of the reception the fans gave Mike here? And what did you mention? That guys? was that was I almost cried for him. That was that was that was pretty special, you know. And you know, for a guy like that, you know, who I grew up watching, you know, you it's kind of weird that we're on the same team now. You grew up watching a guy like that, and the way what he's done for this uh, this city, the way they've embra- they embraced him is, is is incredible, you know. And he's an outstanding guy, you know. I made the joke over the summer, you know, people told me how much I'm gonna love Mike, and I'm just like, you know, is anything I'm not going to like, you know, like I haven't heard one negative thing and I still haven't, you know, and like I can see why he's been a lot to us, especially to me, just being able to ask him questions throughout the game and kind of watch him, you know, there are times at the end of the game where I give him the ball and just see what he sees, you know, and he had a high, he had a pass to, to Rudy that, you know, maybe a year ago I don't make, you know, so being able to kind of find ways to implement his game into mine and just taking his leadership and on top of that, he's a great person, so it's, um, it's an honor playing with him. Going into Minnesota, what do you take out of this game to kind of help motivate you to get that one there instead of so you can get back on the winning track? Right. Um, we play them at home, I thought. No, no, Monday. You're right. Coming on Monday. Coming on Monday. Oh, we, yeah, we That's did that again. Um, we just got, like I said, just be, pick it up on the defensive end, and you know, shots going to fall. You know, we're, we're going to have games like this where you know we, we miss shots. You know, but at the end of the day. Um, we got to just pick up little things on defense, you know. Knowing, for me, knowing I can't let Dylan Brooks get to the middle of the floor. You know, John Morant wants to go left. You know, um, I think um, Jaron Jackson getting to the floor. Like, little things like that that we can control, I think, well, if we can do that, we'll be a good 
All right, that was Donovan Mitchell. And, of course, uh, Donovan with a nice game tonight. He did have 29 points, uh, 9 of 21 shots. He was 10 of 10 uh, at the line. But certainly some controversial comments right there. Donovan uh, thought he was fouled on the final play. And I'm just going to read these comments just in case you didn't or you missed them or, or didn't digest them because I think he may – uh, get fined for this. But here's what he said. Quote, there's really not much else to it. They obviously defended it well, but they hit my whole arm. It's the third time this has happened in 12 games at the end of a game, and I haven't gotten a foul call, which at this point is ridiculous. There's not much else to say besides that. My teammates trust me in these positions. It happened against Sacramento. It happened against Milwaukee. Thank God Bo- uh, Boyan hit that shot against Milwaukee. Like there comes a point in time when they're going to release the thing uh, that it says I got fouled, but it's too late. It's the third time in 12 games. It's annoying. I don't know what they were looking at at the end of the day. It was a foul. Um, this is one thing that bugs me. Whenever I hear people, Tim, and maybe you disagree with this, whenever I, people, I hear people say, oh, you can't make that call then with the game on the line. That's BS. A, a, a foul is a foul is a foul. And especially to a referee, it should absolutely not matter what time uh, uh, in the game it is. They should not swallow the whistle or let them play or whatever. If it's a foul, make the call. And and the, the star treatment in the NBA drives me even more crazy. Do you think there's a snowball's chance in, you know, that if that happened to James Harden, he wouldn't be taking three foul shots right there? No, absolutely not. So that there's my little refereeing rant that no. bugs me. Call it, make if it's a foul, make a call. Who cares when it is? So I have certainly a ton of pent up aggression toward officials through the years. It's so say. nice. <laughs> I mean, I literally turn college games on now, and I'll see a certain person official that I really dislike, and it's hard for me to even watch the game because I get fixated on the you know the official. But in my mind, I, I personally. I'm I'm glad that Donovan said something uh, because I think if you continue to ignore it, you know, um, then you probably get the same treatment. The fact that he spoke about it um, more than likely will probably affect his pocketbook. Uh, but I think that to to your point, uh, late in the game, uh, that sh- you know, if that's a foul in the first quarter, and it is because you can't reach in and affect a shot like that. Um, then it should be a foul then. Uh, and the, the real troubling thing in this game to me is the, the fact that there's now replay, and that should, in my mind, be something that they should be able to review. And I understand you know, the way that they've kind of refs have protected themselves, they've insulated themselves, is if there's no call on the floor, then there's nothing to overturn. Well, that, that makes it pretty easy. If it's 50-50, don't call anything, and you can walk off the floor. Um, the other thing that I would love to see is more accountability from the individual game refs. The problem with this game is these guys, yeah, they're going to see a video and say, hey, you should have called that, but they don't have to talk to the media. There's no accountability. There's, you know, the NBA protects them like they're the – referee or coaches have to talk and players have to talk. And many of these officials think they are the show. So I think they should have to answer that question as to why, you know, they didn't make a play, make a call. Little accountability. And, oh, yeah. And, and like, I agree with Donovan. I don't think that that thing that gets released tomorrow does anybody any good. In fact, I don't know why they do it, where they release whether or not they got calls correctly or not in the, in the final, what do they do, the final two minutes. And uh, what good does that do anybody? Yeah, I feel like that, um, you know, again, you, you mentioned it. Donovan probably gets, sus- or not suspended, but fined. Um, in my mind, if referee makes a, makes a call or a non-call that affects the outcome of a game, and that certainly did, Donovan goes yeah. to the line with three mm-hmm. shots, um, then they should have to either speak to it or publicly be, you know, they get knocked a couple thousand bucks for missing the call. That, oh, I like that idea. Yeah, I mean, there should there's no accountability on the officials in, at any level, or some sort of you know public shaming. Maybe they should have to shave an eyebrow or something. I missed a call, and I have shaved part of my head. <laughs> yeah, just part though. Yeah, just like a strip, a strip. right up the middle. Yeah, the missed foul strip. 
Yeah, there's something. I agree with you. There, there really is no no accountability. I mean, and that ref swallowed it. Well, all three of those guys swallowed their whistle. And I mean, AT and T Sportsnet had some really good replays of it, and it was a foul, no doubt. And it's it's happened to Donovan three times. And it, the thing with Mitchell and and. It, maybe this, uh, as you say, proves to be a smart thing because he's, he's calling attention to it. But he's going to have the ball in his hands in the last possession a lot. I mean, he's the go-to guy for this Jazz team. He's going to be in that situation again and again and again. It's it's going to happen. And if he can uh, bring some you know spotlight to it, I think that's a positive thing. What I worry about, though, is like what happened to Rudy last year when he popped off about the refs and the refs decided to go out for vengeance. And in the next game against the Rockets, Rudy was thrown out, what was it, Adrian, 30 seconds into the game, 40 seconds into the game? After the old, and then uh, the cups flew. The the rosin cup spike. Uh, mm-hmm. A foul called on him before a second came off the clock. Right on the tip off, which <laughs> I've still never seen since, by the way, and never saw before. And then uh, what? Uh, he got a, a defensive call on Harden when Harden flopped, and then spiked the cup, and that was that. Well, the other thing I'm really curious about seeing tonight. Again, I'm I, I've never seen. They go back to look if it's a two or a three and say I mean it was minutes later right in the timeout and I've seen him take a point off the board or add a point on the board but I've never said oh you were out of bounds we're going to take them all off so I'd be curious to get that um, I assume it's in the rules that you can do that but I've never seen it real quick uh, just to clear up the rules on the Bogdanovich uh, three that was taken away and I think I've got the relevant part of the rule here if you want to uh, to hear it okay uh, so let's see here. It's um, If an instant replay review is triggered, as described above, blah, 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 the replay center official would review the video to determine whether time on the game clock expired before the ball left the shooter's hand. The replay center official and on-court officials may also review the video to determine only one of the following other matters. And in subsection two here, if the shot was timely, whether the shooter committed a boundary line va- mm. violation or the ball touched out of bounds prior to entering the back. Basket. So they. Can. So you're talking about the Jeff, yeah, the Jeff Green, or uh, Jeff Green. Right. What did I say, Bogdanovich? Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I meant, fine. Uh, I meant yeah. Jeff Green on the shot that they, the three they took right. away. So okay, so, so they it's can in there. review okay. that. So, right. but I've honestly, I've, have you seen it before? No, I have not I've seen, seen, seen it before, it. and I actually don't like the rule to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to catch that in the moment, uh, then I, I guess gone. it makes sense. Like, if your foot's on the line or not on the line. But I've just never seen it. Like if your heels on the out of bounds line and take points completely. I haven't off. seen that either. I can yeah. see the foot. It's hard being... to come out of a timeout with a four point lead and all of a sudden have it be one. Yeah, that's that, weird. Yeah, that it that is strange. So there's the rule. So it was applied. It would appear uh, correctly on that Jeff Green three pointer. All right, the Jazz fall by one uh, tonight uh, in Memphis. And in fact, let's let's do this real quick. Let's get to our uh, our three point uh, takeover. The three point takeover is sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than eighty years. Tonight, the Jazz struggled mightily from three, shooting just twenty five point five percent. They were nine of thirty four. Uh, Bogdanovich probably had the best night for the Jazz, three of seven, two of eight from Mike Conley, one of eight from Donovan Mitchell. So they've got to find a way to knock down those open threes because we've been talking about it tonight. They did get open threes. They did. They just didn't make them. Yep. And that's that's the that's the pain of the game. Uh, you can run perfect offense, but if the ball doesn't go in, you get no credit. 107-106 is your final. The Jazz fall tonight in Memphis. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More Jazz Game Night postgame show coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz fall tonight on the road to the Memphis Grizzlies, 107-106 on Mike Conley's return to Memphis. Uh, Ja Morant with 25 points for the young rookie on 9 of 22 shooting. He also had 8 assists. Donovan Mitchell. Uh, another night with 20, uh, 29 points, 9 of 21, although just 1 of 8 from 3. Uh, but we, we talked a lot about fouls in the last segment, Tim. Uh, Donovan Mitchell benefited from some fouls tonight, taking uh, 
10 foul shots. He was 10 of 10. In fact, the Jazz shot 32 total foul shots tonight to Memphis, only shooting 13. They were 11 of 13. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's a huge part of, you know, the, the, I guess both teams had two in the first half. I think there was it was pretty f- loose and, and, you know, was not called very tight. Second half got – the Jazz got way more aggressive, got more foul calls, Um but uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting stat. You know, you know what's weird to look at this, uh, Tim. The, the Grizzlies had 96 field goal attempts tonight to the Jazz 87. But you wonder where that came from because uh, they both both teams had nine offensive rebounds. The Jazz only had 14 turnovers tonight. I guess Memphis only turned it over 11 times. But considering where the turnover numbers have been lately for the Jazz, you'll take 14. It's kind of amazing that uh, that Memphis found a way to get uh, nine extra shots uh, up on the Jazz on a night where you didn't see a lot of offensive boards or turnovers. Yeah, uh, it's it's probably one of the things where their offensive their offensive boards probably led right back to to putbacks um, where maybe the Jazz got off you know got rebounds and and offensive rebounds that maybe turned into turnovers and you didn't get the extra shots um, that's probably the difference uh, but the Jazz the the turnover issue they had nine at the half certainly played way more clean uh, played better with the ball in the second half um, you know the games that I've done we've had issues with rebounding and turnovers and tonight was just it was simply two things I think John Morant got out in transition caused a ton of problems and then the Jazz inability to just knock down shots and uh, I'll just throw one more on top of it and we have talked to tonight but the the lack of production from the bench uh, and the fact that, yeah uh, that's true the those jazz spells were, were just brutal the, the anytime Rudy was off the floor the Jazz were really in trouble yeah, and that's it's interesting because the one thing going into the season felt like there was maybe a little bit more depth on this team, um, but it's got it's nights like tonight where you know you miss a guy that's a gunslinger like Crowder that maybe comes in and makes some shots, um, uh, but it's a uh, that that's an issue and that's actually been kind of a a lingering issue when the Jazz have not played well those minutes that Donovan Rudy are off the floor. You know, the Jazz just have a difficult time because they're getting consistent effort from Bogdanovich and Donovan and Rudy night in, night out. It's kind of the complimentary guys and what they're able to do. And you hope maybe that that's where Dante Exum can make his return and eventually play his way into making a difference. He was available for the club tonight. However, he did not play. So, you know, if we can see him get back and get into a rhythm, maybe that's somebody who can come in and make a difference off the bench, certainly defensively. But, you know, they don't have a ton of of shooting uh, on the uh, coming off the bench right now, they just don't. Joe Ingles, you know, he was one for three from three tonight, but he only took four shots. And George Niang, after uh, struggling early on this season, he uh, got a DNP for I believe his third game in a row. So he's having a, a tough time getting off the bench now. When when of course he's not making shots, so you know they need they need some shot making coming in off the bench with that second unit, and then they need somebody who can play some defense when Rudy's not on the floor. And unfortunately, with Ed Davis. Uh, being injured, you know that's going to be really tough. That's going to be really tough for uh, for Tony Bradley. It just is. And I do believe that right now, you know Joe Ingles, you're kind of seeing a shell of of we what we know he can do. I mean Joe's capable of going for 30 point nights, and it just seems like right now, you know, if all the changes that Joe may be one of the the ones that's affected yeah. a, a ton because he's not getting the looks with that second group um, and uh, that's something that maybe they can dig deep and try to figure out ways to get him more aggressive more involved and get him more shots you know I, I never really thought I would be saying this on this show but you know who the Jazz really missed tonight Epe Udo it's a good point I mean, he he was a third string center basically for the Jazz, and and he was not the most talented player we've ever seen, but he could he could hold down the floor on defense. I mean, he was he was a pretty good defensive player and a pretty good rebounder. Yeah, and that's I guess the the they have that guy right now. He's just out with a you know right. with a right. fractured leg. Um, that's what Ed Davis. That's the plan. You know, for him to be a physical per- guy that comes in and holds down the fort while Rudy rests um, and. You know, his hustle and toughness on the glass can get you extra possessions, extra points. Uh, But they are missing that right now for sure. 
Yeah, and Tony is better, but he's he's just not that. It's it, it was funny at, at media day. Uh, we were interviewing Dennis Lindsay, and then Tony Bradley was coming on right after Dennis. And Dennis made this uh, kind of joke as he was getting up, and Tony was sitting down. And Dennis said, "Ask him about his pick and roll defense." Yeah, which yeah. of course is what we had to lead off with Tony. But they know the Jazz know that's their concern with Tony. And uh, you know Ed Davis going down is is rough. But this is the the part where where Tony has to step up. He has to figure that out. And the thing that you know that you have, we have to keep in mind is it's a long season. It's an eighty-two game season, and the games, you know, this game and the Kings game sting because they were literally a possession away from two wins. Um, and as that game came down the stretch, you know, just waiting for uh, them to be able to make one more play, um, they're in that situation for the myriad of reasons we talked about. But it's really one play, and so you can't completely overreact. The Jazz certainly have a lot of good things going on, but that you look back on the losses, and you know you can understand the Clippers and Lakers on the road. These these ones sting because uh, they're two teams that are kind of new pieces, but they got similar you know talent, talented young guys um, that are difficult to, a difficult guard, um, and uh, the. The one possession, miss block out, a turnover, you know, a guy steps out of bounds on a made three. Those are tough, man, because I'll promise you that's what coaches think about. They, they watch all the different ways you could win the game. All right, next week is uh, is kind of a weird week. At least the next two games, they're playing against the very same team. They've got Monday night taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves here at this building at Vivint Smart Home Arena, and then they'll go to Minneapolis to take on the Timberwolves on Wednesday. Uh, Tim, the uh, the T-Wolves are off to kind of a, a supr- well, surprising good start. I mean, maybe we just didn't have the proper expectations for them, but they are 7-5. and five. Andrew Wiggins is uh, playing pretty well, and Carl Anthony Towns is Carl is Anthony Towns. So they're going to have to put this one behind them quick because Minnesota's going to be a, a tough test. Every night, you're playing against selected group of the best players in the world um, and it doesn't matter if they're five and seven and they're led by rookies um, these guys you know guys like John ja Moran or Capelo having a night like they had tonight um, and so you have to be that's the beauty of 82 games you have to be locked in every night you have to be you know understand that right now the Jazz are a team that everybody is looking at you know they're one of the the good teams in the league and so people get up to play them um so there really can't be a, a mindset of you know this is going to be an easy night because it really in my mind there's no such thing as an easy night all right tim uh, give us a couple of final thoughts uh, on this one as we kind of close the book and move on just uh I, I think we've hit it pretty good but i think you know the the question mark tonight is you know where do the jazz find um, some strength off the bench um, to to not have guys come in in 10, 12 minute stretches and lose 10 points. Um, you know because the the game is a grind and you have to rest guys because they got to play all year long. Um, finding ways to get Joe Ingles more productive, uh, finding ways to get him more involved. Um, you know, getting guys to come in off the bench with the mindset of, of making plays for others. I think those are all all mindset that, that can certainly help. Uh, but, uh, you know, everything's in my mind, it's, it's still a very young season. Um, you know, I've unfortunately been here for three losses. Uh, so, oh for three. Oh for three. Um, so, not not favorable, um, <laughs> but uh, you know maybe if they just keep me off the schedule, we'll be fine. <laughs> that could be one of the other things we look at. I I don't know, I don't know if you're the the issue. Yeah, what the Jazz on the year are eight and four. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. So three of those losses. I'm the killer, dude. Tim Lacombe. Hey, I'll glad if if it would mean that they would win at a better clip. I'll gladly step aside for Gordy and Ben. Bite your tongue, sir. I I like uh, hanging out with no. The, I love with it. Tim Lacombe. We have we have a good time. Of course, Gordy and Ben are great too. Next game is the Warriors, Tim. So okay. Oh, you've got a W there. Well, they drop that. Then we'll have to have a talk. Okay. Yeah. That's that's so a good I'm, point. I'm Lakers Clippers. Those, those are 
tough. Right. And then Memphis, yeah. And they a, have been three road games. Right. And Memphis, I've had three road you've games. You've got a, an emotional return of Mike Conley. Yep. He gets a little distracted. It's it's all right. But it, hey, it's not about me. <clears throat> no, of course not. All right. The Jazz led tonight. Donovan Mitchell he had 29 points uh, to go along with his nine rebounds and five assists. Rudy Gobert with another monster night 23 points, 17 boards, and five block shots, but to no avail. The Jazz followed the Grizzlies 107 106. We want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone doing their normal fine work. Thanks to the broadcast assistants for their work tonight as well. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to our uh, title sponsor of the post game, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Also, thank you, Tim. It was a lot of fun tonight, man. I appreciate it. No, it was great. And uh, appreciate uh, working with you, Jake. It's fun to to be able to hang out and watch games and, and talk through them and then uh, be able to kind of recap everything, um, be able to go home tonight and not have to watch film and and worry about a win or a loss. How nice is that? That's a, that's a good thing. And we didn't get too distracted with Disney on ice, so I mean, it was difficult. A lot of kids in the building. A lot tonight. of kids in the building tonight. Mickey so. Mouse Clubhouse, man. They were going for it. So uh, 107. Rumor, hey, rumor does have it that you got some money extracted from your wallet. True or false? From my wallet? Yeah. Uh, on Disney. Oh, uh, true. Yes. Fact. Yes, yeah. true fact. They're yeah. good at that. That, that happened. Yeah. They are good at that. All right, 107 and 106 is your final. Our next broadcast Monday night when the Jazz take on the Timberwolves. Tip-off will be at 7. Pre-game coverage will begin at 6. And you'll hear it all, of course, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. 